today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio. We have Juan on the buttons this evening. We have Jim Spencer in the gallery. I have David to my right, and we have a... Did you just try to smell the bottle with the cap on? I can smell it already. I can already <laughs> it smell just, it. it. The cap is still on, but it's it like, looked, oh, wow, I smell it. It's yeah. like... Okay, that just looked very weird. Smell. Yes. It just looked really weird smelling a bottle Look, with the cap my on. My olfactory is just very, very sensitive. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have a, a, a special guest with us, our, our good friend, Deacon Robert Healy, back again. Thank you for hanging out with us again this evening. Yeah. Or Thanks for having me. Have hanging out with us again this, this e- evening this evening that, right. i want to make sure that, that was sounded correct at the, the, at the right end place. of this mm-hmm. at the end of this episode i want to ask you a question because you were the last episode was on the the principle of the integral good and i want to ask you at the end so don't answer yet okay. if something is intricately good is it perfect mm-hmm. that's a good question yes and ties into our topic today because yes we're going to be talking about perfection, perfection. Which I'm super excited about. This will be the perfect episode, especially because yes, because in as much as it exists, and we know what the end is. Well, no, in as much as something exists, is 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 not perfect. (laughs) But we know you just told us what the end was. It would be good. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So this evening we're gonna we're gonna drink Hmm. a a, our our drink this evening is by uh, brought to you by. Dr. Doctor, Michael Malloy. Yeah, I was going to say father, father, and I was like, nope, he no. He is a father. He of, is a father. Of children. Yes, but Dr. Michael Malloy, who brought it all the way from Greece. Uh, it's it's a, a Greek drink called Ouzo. So we're drinking Lazarus Ouzo. It's, uh, it's by Lazarus Distillery and Artisan Sweets. Okay. So I, I looked up how you're supposed to drink Ouzo, because I was not sure. This is my first time trying it. May I? Yes, you may. And you were supposed to you're supposed to drink it in a in, in a oh, glass nice. with with a couple ice cubes in it. The the liquor is or liqueur is clear, but when you pour it into ice, it becomes cloudy. Yeah, look at it; it's already oh, that's happening. So weird. So, and it's it's a it's a Greek drink. Like I said, the there's some mm. do's and don'ts in drinking ouzo. 
Um, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to drink it r- like right before meals or right after meals because the the taste does not go well with Greek food. It's supposed to be a how ironic. Um, it's supposed to be like a they said early evening drink or a very late drink okay. together with with people. So and it's the most common Greek drink out there in Greece. So sweet. Let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Sorry, it we, is. It gets incredibly cloudy. It it it, it looks like mi- like milk almost. And it's a very it's very strong smelling. It's very that uh, is crazy. Yeah, it's got a very strong sp- licorice smell to it. That's yes. what it smells. like. It smells like licorice. So you're, yeah. you're supposed to uh, sip it very slowly. You're not supposed to take shots of it or take big gulps. It's it's supposed to be a. Uh, Slow sipping drink, similar to whiskey. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Did you try it? Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it is definitely licorice. If you drink, I can tell if you take too big of a sip, Ooh, it yeah. would be Ooh, t- overpowering. You, you took too big of a sip. Yeah, <laughs> on accident. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a small sip. It was not. Yes, it yeah, is even smaller than whiskey. You know, because you can you can take a, a good size sip of of whiskey. You know what I wanted to do, but because it's so late, I opted not to. Is to do a a cafe perfecto, mm. Be, being that this the, would have been great with caf, cafe perfecto, yeah, right. Because being with our our topic this evening, being perfection, but it's it's I didn't want to drink espresso because cafe perfecto is, <laughs> is espresso. espresso with a little bit of a licorice liqueur in it, yeah. And I thought, yeah, that would be really cool, but I don't want to drink espresso at nine o'clock at night, yeah. Right. And I thought that would not that'd being be counterproductive. Enjoying. For sleeping, two o'clock evening. in the morning, you'd be still wide awake. Right, thinking about yeah. perfection. Not to me, and then we—it's like, well, we could have drank decaf, but I don't do that. I don't either because it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that from like a real moral standpoint, it's actually decaf is actually evil. You know, because evil is not a thing that exists, but it's really it's the absence of a good, and all things that exist are good in as much as they exist. So, decaf coffee is there is an absence of something that is natural to the thing, which is being deprived. So the lack of the caffeine is, in fact, an evil. There is a good that should exist that does not, creating a void. We call evil. It's deprived of the good. Of, of the good, which is evil to do. You shouldn't deprive things. And all things. the flavor that comes with that. Yeah, you shouldn't deprive things of goods that are natural to them, Okay. So, I mean, from like a real standpoint, we can actually (laughs) say, not even joking, that that decaf coffee is evil. (laughs) Which will actually fit into what we're talking about. And so are the people who drink it. (laughs) That part is not true. (laughs) What are your thoughts of the drink? I think it's good. Yes. Okay. So for those who... It is definitely a strong licorice. Yes. Uh, I'm not a big... And so let me say this. I'm not a big black licorice guy. Because uh, it's a black licorice flavor, it's not it's not mm-hmm. red licorice. No, uh, but I still like this, even though I don't like black licorice. This I still think is really good. I would not want a lot. This is plenty for me. I'm gonna pour a lot more for you. No, I'm I'm, I'm good there, Deacon. Um, for those who who have not listened to the last episode, which I suggest you do, why don't we catch them up on where you are in your formation? Okay, and where your he- where you are, what what the plans are. What you're doing, yeah. where you where you, where you reside? Well, I am right now on my Christmas break. 
mm-hmm. um, enjoying a little bit of time with family and friends and people and head back on Saturday to the seminary up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. I'm at Mount St. Mary's of the West, way West in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Because it was way West on the Western frontier. At the time. At the time it was founded. Mm-hmm. It's the third seminary. Beautiful in campus. In the country. So. so anyway, yeah, I'm, I have one more semester there. One more. God granted uh, in June that I get to be ordained a priest. So, so. what's your dissertation? Is it a dissertation? Do you call it a dissertation? A thesis. A thesis. What's your thesis on? Are you it's allowed on St. John Henry Newman. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. And uh, and the principle of private judgment, which he condemns. And I'm hoping actually maybe sometime later on we can He condemns we can well, delve private into judgment? It. The principle of private judgment. Not, private not judgment the itself, private judgment. But the abuse of it, which... Is a whole yeah, we'll to, I, night. I, he not, wanted he wanted to talk about it. Well, at first when we were we were texting back and forth, he said, "Hey, we should talk about this." And then he got then he like the next text message was like, "Well, maybe I should defend my thesis and get and, and like get approved before we we talk about this, just to yeah, make sure." Good get idea. the recommendations that come with the defense of the thesis. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, Ta- toggle this, toggle that, and then it's ready to go. Yeah. So whenever you defend your thesis mm-hmm. and you, you can come back to the Diocese of Tulsa, and then we'll, ha- we'll we'll talk about that as well. We'll have to do that. Be the next fun. time you're on the show, you'll be because I'm really revved up about the topic. Like, yeah, I'm super excited. about Well, that's good because it's your thesis, and you're gonna and have to do a lot of work. Not only did I I pick Blessed John Henry Newman, but then they decided to make Blessed John Henry Newman Saint John Henry Newman mm-hmm. within between when I yeah. decided to take this on and and now. So. And I'm next time you're here, really it'll be as Father Healy. There you go. Which will be Lord willing. Sweet. God just, willing. God willing. You always have to say that, of course. Right. God willing. <laughs> always in the sense of uh, God granted me so and not, well, I'm kind of 50-50 about this right. thing. And, right. Yeah. Exactly. And for those who don't remember also, Deacon Healy's father is the uh, the owner of GrillGuns.com. Inventor. Inventor. Yeah. Grill Blazer. Uh, grill Blazer. Sorry, I call it Grill Guns, but it's grillblazer.com. I think you can go to grillgun.com and it redirects you to grill, grillblazer.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, we talked to, I actually talked to your father a couple weeks ago before Christmas and he said things were, were moving. As a guy who I deal with China a lot, manufacturing in China. And so I knew going into this that it was going to be difficult because starting a project in China manufacturing is always difficult there's always hiccups there's always things that go wrong that are unforeseen um you can do it play by play like here's here's the playbook do it play by play and it's still going to go wrong Mm -hmm. i'm dealing with Mm -hmm. that right now and my my day job is driving me crazy but i knew that was going to happen but he said that things for the most part are going very very smoothly Uh, he's been delayed a little bit in the production but uh, I think he said his sh- shipping is going to be happening pretty soon. Is that yeah, correct? Things are making progress. For right. Sure. Yeah. I think he even has some on hand right now, a couple. So I think things are going well. So anyway, if you ordered a grill gun, a lot of the people who are yeah, listening stand to our by, show, cause it'll be, it'll be soon. Very soon. Soon and very soon. We're going to get our grill guns. It's going to be so awesome. I, I got both of them. I got the sous vide gun and the grill gun. You did too. I think, dose. Yeah. Can't wait. Dueling flamethrowers, bro. It's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. I would hold more if I could. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll try. Give it a third arm just yeah, so you exactly. can hold it. Third I figured out how to hold it with my with my knee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. We're here with Deacon Healy.
I basically do a lot of things. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. This is David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Deacon Robert Healy. We're talking about perfection. perfection. This is the last episode of the year. Moy, moy perfecto. We're not going to do another episode this year. No, we won't. This will be the last one. I resolve. I refuse to do another episode this year. This decade. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Not, okay. Not going there. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Okay. Now that everybody has, has signed off and not listening any longer, let's talk about the topic. More money for school's good. <laughs> <laughs> Osama bad. Okay. <laughs> this is it's it's an old, old, or what it's is an old Saturday Night Live. Dana Carvey. Okay. Not not gonna die. Not gonna Okay, so we're talking about perfection this evening. Deacon oh, I hear a lot of times from other from guys who say like I'm just trying to make sure I get in on the you know like, like squeak, into, squeak purgatory. into purgatory. Like that you know, I'll be the last one, quote unquote, sweeping the floors in purgatory before it gets mm-hmm. em- emptied out. Like I just want to ride into the very bottom of purgatory to just get in. Yeah. Why is that not a good way to think? Well, I think a common response to that, which I don't think is a very good response, is you are always gonna hit lower than you aim. There's always gonna be the danger that you're aiming at the center of the bulls and you hit the bottom of the target. So if you aim at the bottom of the target, you might miss. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's really a good answer to the question because often that just simply makes it, it makes it seem like the actual point is to hit the bottom of the target. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or and really, I think they're trying to like you know be humble. It's kind of a false humility, really, about you know, oh, I'm. Not nearly. I don't, I don't know, dude. There's a lot of people I talk to who are like, I'm just trying to get to purgatory. Well, it's like saying, I'm just trying to do the bare minimum. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to do, I just want to, you know, just barely pass. You know, it's like, no, we should be trying to do more than that. You know, uh, if, mm-hmm. if you make it to purgatory, you know, and you happen to be the bottom dude, then praise God for his mercy, you know. Um, but, Mm-hmm. That's not what we should be striving for. We should be striving for being perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect, right? Because right. that was a command, as we're told. Yes, yeah, we're or, on order, the Sermon ordered the to do. Mount, right. I believe. Right. It's not a. Uh, it's not a counsel. It's not something. Something he's recommending. Right. Hey, by the way, if you guys Maybe. feel up to it, why don't you try to be above average? Yeah, or not, or just be me- mediocre. Mm-hmm. Our Lord doesn't say that. He says, "Be perfect as our." Heavenly Father is perfect, and I think some people um, uh, attempt to do that. But I think most people. Well, I think most people don't think that that's even achievable. That that's, yeah, they don't, don't think, think that they don't, they don't even think it's possible for like. It's like, listen, I'm a guy who's I'm a broken guy. I have a lot of um, my sins in the past. I have a lot of baggage. Like, it's not mm. possible for me to live perfect. Right, and and maybe um, people take a. I don't know, somewhat of a Jansenist position on it and mm. say, well, the way to be perfect as Heavenly Father is perfect is to absolutely not um, do anything wrong. Right, like you're going to earn your way. Right, like you're going to... And, and what they don't realize is that virtue is something that God builds in us little by little. He, he mm-hmm. has to take us from where we are to where He wants us in stages uh, because if He were to reveal to us where he wants us to be in, in one flash of, of light, 
it would it would be so frightening we would despair to right. some degree. So maybe die. That, yeah. Yeah. Just of despair. So that that like, verse I can't ever be perfect. Mm-hmm. His heavenly Father is perfect, but what he's actually saying is something I think is extremely hopeful, something extremely powerful that our Lord, who is the one who gives us the grace and is the one who guides us with his grace and is making it happen, um, that he would say, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, which implies with it a guarantee that he's going to be there to help us to do that. And mm-hmm. so if we get the right understanding of what perfection is, then we don't get on either side. We don't we don't say, um, I'm just going to be holier than thou and be like a super holy person who doesn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. um, without actually in humility turning to the Lord and asking him to make us, and then you get burned out. Right. Or on the other side, saying, ah, oh, forget about it. I can't um, do it. That's just really a recommendation, but he was being hyperbolic or something like that, and they, they missed the... On this verse in particular, being perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, one, uh, I heard this in a homily uh, by Father Matt Gerlach several years ago, and this really was kind of an aha moment, like, oh, because I've always thought that, well, I'm never going to be perfect. I mean, no matter how good I, I am, I could always be better. Because I will never be God. Goodness is not my essence. You know, so I could always be better than what I am in this life. You know, so how am I supposed to be? It seems impossible. But he was explaining that the word in Greek here is teleos. Um, You know, where we get the word teleology, where, you know, what... It's not so like... Yeah, it's not so much this idea of being the absolute best, but being what you're made for. So... You know, you think about the idea of a hammer. A perfect hammer in this case is not the the perfect hammer. That's not the got, prettiest hammer. Yeah, with the, the perfect balancing of weight, but it would be a hammer that's being used for hammering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hammer that's being used for the thing in which it is for which it was made. You know, and so that's when I thought about it that way, like, oh, I am perfect. And then I went up to Father Matt at, after the Mass, and I was like, when you were saying the consecration, you just looked perfect. You know, uh, <laughs> um, I, don't think, I don't know if he got my joke. I think he was surrounded by many other people, too. But uh, so I don't know if he heard me. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Joke wasted. <laughs> right. That was gold, <laughs> yeah. Father. I don't want to have to say it again. That's why we have Twitter. It's not funny <laughs> if I say it. But anyway, like, okay, that makes a lot more sense for me. You know, I would be perfect mm-hmm. when I am doing and being the person God exactly made me to be. Yeah, and that totally makes sense because I think that there's two things that 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 all people desire. They desire for the good and the desire for unity with God. And so if you're desiring the good, you're desiring like what you're made to do, like doing the thing that you're called to do, that you're made to do gives you the, the feeling of, okay, I'm doing the good. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, cooperating with God's grace is is uh, is the unity aspect of what God is trying to do for you. So, And it's not like that God... I, I think it's not like that God gives you just enough grace just to barely make it. You know, 
our God is a generous God. He gives yeah. you an abundant amount of grace. Super abundant. It's not like that he, he just barely gives you enough to make it to, to become a saint. No, he's he's he gives you an abundant amount of grace. All you have to do mm-hmm. is cooperate with his grace. The limit grace is on our on response. Us. Right. On our response it's to him, not not him. Our fault that we're not. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. and I, I've said this yeah. before, and I think that this is uh, something that, that I, I reflect on a lot, and it's kind of scary, but um, I think that in my judgment, my day of judgment, I'm going to go back and look at all the times and I'm going to see all the times that God wanted to give me these graces that I've rejected, that I like had said no to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's going to show me like, look what you could have done if you would have just cooperated with my grace, but you chose not. You chose it's, it's your will be done instead of his will be done. Um, like we say in our father, you know, so like, I think that so many times we think about like, man, if, if I could just barely, if I could just get here, if I could, no, 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 no. God gives us enough grace, uh, to, he gives us an abundant amount and it's our, it's our job just to cooperate with his grace to, to be in union with him. Um, so we are doing the good and by doing that, you're doing the good. So it's the two things I think that every person requires, uh, desires, which is the good and unity. What do you think, Deacon? Do you think I'm way off base? Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're way off base. But okay, a little good. bit. But, but a, a little bit wrong. <laughs> but you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always um, take it a little, a little deeper. Um, you're, you're expressing, I think, in a very, a very good way, the just the the sense of hope and the sense of of uh, confidence in the Lord that is often lacking with mm-hmm. with guys who. Are, who are looking at the idea of being perfect, um, and they're like, "Well, if uh, if Michael Jordan was the perfect basketball player, then what's the point in trying to be better than him? Mm-hmm. If he if he's perfect, you know, if you play the perfect baseball game, if you play the perfect basketball game, what's the point of trying to be better than that? Um, because you can't be better than it if it's perfect. And if you can do better than that, then it isn't perfect. And so we have this notion, kind of." Um, at large in our in our society and in our culture, and people where we look at perfect as as just better than whoever is whatever is the best. You know, if it, if you got a, a car that can go two hundred miles an hour, make a car that can go two hundred and five miles an hour, mm-hmm. and then if you can do that, then you. Know, this so is how we get to the one chip challenge. You me, you yeah. me, you me. Sort <laughs> exactly <of thing>. right. Yeah. <laughs> and the comparison, you know, just the the competitiveness. Um, of everything we do economically, sports, you know, uh-huh. kind of fosters that idea of perfection. Whereas, and then we look at the saints and we we say, either oh they're so perfect, I just can't even get there. Be there. Like there's I no way I could be there. Saint John of the Cross. There's no way I could be Teresa of Avila. Or, or we take that we say, well, they weren't really, you know perfect like that they were all blotchy and covered with mm-hmm. you know problems and we make them really human mm-hmm. and then we say oh isn't that nice they're just like me and then we forget about them because they're not holding us up to perfection right whereas what we're looking at is is to say how do I not be John Cross how do I be the saint that God made me yeah. to be Saint Adam in that's what I'm, I'm trying to be that's right. I'm trying to be saying David Niles, right? Yeah. Don't set your bar too low, Deacon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll try for bad a minute here, too. <laughs> we'll, oh, check. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of ouzo. And I mean sipping. Some scissor. Because that is what we're supposed to do is sip on this because it is very strong in flavor. And I think it's it's also... It's 40%. 40%. So to me, that's not a liqueur. That's a liquor. Yeah, it it must be. Because that's, you know, look. I don't know if there is... I don't. I don't remember uh, what definition the is. of. There is a cut. Well, off. I mean, liquor is forty percent alcohol. You know, okay. eighty proof, forty percent. That's the minimum. So I couldn't remember. I mean, that's the standard for liquor. I don't know if there's a part of the definition of liqueur and liquor apart from alcohol content. Maybe there is. I don't know, but this is as alcoholic as your standard liquor. Not to mention, it's just very strong in flavor. Mm-hmm. It is. But we're here with Deacon Healy. Uh, we, we're graced with his presence. He's here from uh, seminary for the holidays. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going back soon, so we were able to record with him before he before he heads back. <laughs> That's right. Talking about perfection. Um, let's see. So, so if so, here here's a question for you. Okay. So if we're all called to you know, so what's our end? Our end is is to be united in heaven with the body of Christ, right? In the, mm-hmm. enjoying the beatific vision. So we're all but we're all called to. To, to be in heaven. However, there's some people who receive more graces than others. It's clear that our Blessed Virgin Mary received more graces than than any of us in this yeah, room. We shouldn't take offense to that. No. So Not the idea that... Right. So, But does that mean that God loves certain people more than he loves others? By giving... God gives... Yes and no. Okay. Very simply. Okay. Yeah, I think St. Thomas even says that the fact that some people are taller than other people is one sign that he loves someone more. I mean, just like from a not only from a supernatural standpoint about the amount of grace one receives, but receives, but the fact that others might have other gifts in greater quantities than other people, you know. But he's a father. God is a father, and so he doesn't love one of his children more than one of his other children in the sense of in the sense of an absolute love for them. Um, he, he loves each child perfectly, as that, mm-hmm. to use the term of the night, he loves each child perfectly, mm-hmm. fitted to that, that child. Um, yeah, we don't want to give anyone the impression, which, that, impression that, oh, God just doesn't love me as much. Right. You know, he loves you as much, just in a, in a different way, maybe. He just loves you personally. Right. Which is actually more like, I don't know. I, personally, I would I like rather that. not have... God just loved me like he loved St. Thomas Aquinas or or, or Hitler. Uniquely. Mm-hmm. You know, just somebody he loves else. You uniquely. He loves me as I am, who I am. Right. Um, and so his, uh, there's a, a sense in which we, we, we can say God loves a person more because of, of uh, based on how much they are um, receiving and responding to that grace, the more perfectly someone is responding to their grace, there's a sense in which we can say that God loves that person more because they are responding more perfectly to his love. But would it be better to be say that he is, sense in which we he is pleased by that. certain people more than other other people, you know? Well, I still think he gives more graces to certain people than he gives to others. Some people ask for more grace than other people ask for. I think that that's a good thing to do is ask for more yeah, grace. because if you ask for more, he will give you more. But I think you should bookend that request with and that I may cooperate with that grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've read... Because, it, ever... you know, that's kind of kind of silly to see. Uh, will you please give me more grace? I'm not going to do anything with it, but will you please give that to give me? Give me the grace to respond to the grace. Yeah. 
yeah. that you're giving me. And so talk about all the different ways that grace comes into play. Mm-hmm. I think to go back to the topic of, of perfection and what we were, where we were with that is to, is to say, okay, so what is perfection supposed to be? What is wrong with our notion of perfection in our time that makes us think that being perfect is being a perfectionist? What's wrong with that notion? Um, uh, when you think of artists and whether they're painters or musicians who just can't be done with something because uh, it's just never, it's just never right there. I could always add a touch more paint here. I could always mm-hmm. tweak this a, here. Yeah. Know. And people will say, oh, you're letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. And what they don't, they're using perfect in, in sort of a def- deficient way. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So like if we look at what, what, um, a really great resource, one that I use a lot, and you can access online because um, it's actually available online, is uh, Father John Hardin, his Modern Catholic Dictionary. Uh, what I love about Father Hardin's, uh, all of his teaching and his the books that he wrote, but especially about his dictionary, is that he defines his terms very carefully and very accurately. And so he hmm. never he never uses a word in a way he doesn't mean to use that word. Um, he's just very conscious of how he's using his terminology mm-hmm. and uh, is also extremely well uh, formed in the Catholic mind, the Catholic mindset when thinking with the church and work. And so, uh, and he's very recent. I mean, he only died in about the year 2000. So um, hmm. Father Hardin, um, and you can, you can, do it quick and easy, Father Hardin. The modern, modern Catholic, Catholic dictionary, dictionary. And it'll bring, you know, Google search will bring up uh, therealpresence.org and you can access it on there. His website is therealpresence.org? That's not his website. That's I mean, the website he, I was guess set up. To he's dead. He doesn't bring have a website all anymore. of his stuff. Yeah. So, he has great stuff on reparation. It's really good. Well, one of the things that he points out <clears> about <throat> perfection is that it's a wholeness. It's a completeness. It's not about adding on or... Or like being bigger and better than somebody else. It's not a comparison. We we talk about something being good, and we talk about something being better, and something being best. And perfection isn't being the best. Right. Perfection is being you. Mm-hmm. And so, so not having anything deficient, not being lacking in something. Perfection for a hammer, as you said earlier, is is. It consists in in that that hammer is doing its job, is yeah. capable of doing its and job, and is well fitted for the job right. it's being used. So there is a certain perfection a hammer that is perfectly balanced and right. weighted. Um, if it's but made, only if it, for the job that it's balanced and weighted for, it, a ball peen hammer and a big heavy you know eight pound sledge are intended for different purposes. Right, and an eight pound sledge would not be perfect would not be the perfect tool to use. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need for, a rubber mallet and you're using a ball-peen hammer, it's going to go really it's bad. It's going to go really badly. Yeah. And so we make all these things, and they're intended for a particular purpose. And, um, you know, Whirly Pop is just the perfect popcorn pop. <laughs> you know, like, this car is intended to drive on a highway. And, it, and so it gets the best gas mileage at around 65 to 70 miles an hour. Then it's a better car than a car that guzzles gas and drives way too fast and is 
very expensive and doesn't have enough seats. Right. If you're only trying to drive you, 70 miles an hour. If you're driving to drive right, on yeah. the highway. And yeah. so you have to look at what is a thing for. If you're trying to drive 200 miles an hour, then, then the it, other one is a better car. Right. right. If you're yeah. racing, if this is NASCAR and you're trying to have uh, the perfect car, then the perfect car is the car that wins you the race. Right. You know what mm-hmm. it makes me think of is um, the little flower, mm-hmm. her spirituality about, and the example she uses of uh, the flowers in God's garden, how we're all called to be a flower, and how she said others are called to be these beautiful roses, these huge, gorgeous roses full of petals, and how she just wanted to be the tiny like some small purple flower that barely mm-hmm. grows above the ground, you know, that gets lost. You can, you don't even hardly see it, but every now and then you might come, catch just a glimpse of it through and beyond the other flowers and how mm-hmm. if she were to try to be this huge rose, which in reality I think she was, but... Um, but she was also in a very special way, the little periwinkle. Yes, that exactly. She aspired to being. So if the periwinkle is trying to be a rose, it's going to be, it's a very poor one. And if you're supposed to be a rose and you're trying to be a periwinkle flower or just what anything else, a daisy, you're going to be, it's just not, you're going to be letting yourself down. You're not responding to God's grace. So we need to be the flower in this analogy that you're, God made you to be. I think one risk here is that you, we uh, allow relativism mm-hmm. to come into our own view of ourselves. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to try that hard because that's just not, that's that's, just not, that's who, not who I am. Yeah, it's right. not who I am. Right. right. And that, that's the problem that I always have whenever I hear people say stuff like that. It's like, hey, I'm just going to let God do the work. Hey, I'm just, I'm yeah. just going to do me, okay? Right. And so like, we have a very objective standard for, for speaking about personal perfection because I'm not just a person who... It has a, phys- a physical nature and needs to have uh-huh. need to have the physical strength and capacity to do what is on my plate, to do what is is set before me. Um, my brother uh, is in the military; he needs to be stronger than I do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sure. be as strong as he is, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. And so, when it comes to things like fasting, his fasting needs to look different from your fasting, right? Because of what he's called his vocation, you know, th- that which he's being called to right now. I mean, just mm. to put it in a practical terms, you know, mm. what, how should his spiritual life be playing itself out? Well, what about fasting? It's going to be different for you exactly. than it is for him. And so it all comes down to virtue. It all comes down to what, uh, what, in what way are you deficient? Mm-hmm. In what way are you, you know, if I'm looking at, if I'm taking an inventory of myself and I'm saying, I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well on this this one virtue that I've been working on, patience. I've just been trying to become more patient and taking my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been taking like 45 minute showers just so I can be to the patient. person who's cutting me off in traffic or something. Yeah, but maybe there's this other area where I'm deficient and I need to work on that. It gives me something practical to look at. Okay, let's keep talking about this on the other side of the break. Good idea. This is Catholic Man Show. I like that idea. Talking about perfection. I like Deacon that. Deacon Healy. I like that. We're on the Lord's team. The one inside. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Deacon Robert Healy. We're drinking a little bit of ouzo, all the way from the Greek country of Greece. Hand carried. <laughs> like the Olympic torch. The Gre- yes, like the, the, Greek, the Greek country of Greece. All the, Plus you think all it's the, way from the, the Italian, Macedonian yeah, country of Greece. All the, way from a, <laughs> the Italian country of Greece. <laughs> uh, hey, Dave, guess where we're going to be in a month? Do you have any Arizona. Idea? Phoenix. Yes. Is that the Phoenician country of Phoenix? The Phoenician <laughs> country of Phoenix. <laughs> what are we going to be doing there, Dave? Playing golf, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, we might be playing golf. I don't know. If you'd respond to your text messages. Look, I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be at the... I'm av- look, I'm available. My office hours are from 10 to 10.30 on even days. Okay. Uh, we'll be at the Phoenix Men's Catholic the Catholic Phoenix Men's Conference again this year. We're going to be the MCs of that uh, event this year again. I'm pumped. I love Phoenix. I love Phoenix in February because it's beautiful. Yeah, I especially love, in February. Uh, Bishop Olmsted. I love all the guys in Phoenix that we get to hang out with. We have a great group of men that are there um, that are a part of the Council of Man. You can join by going to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always a blast when we when we get to hang out with those guys. Mm-hmm. Brotherhood mm-hmm. is super important and helps with perfection, which is the topic that we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we were just talking about personally our own pursuit of perfection. Uh, and I, we've said this many, many, many times that knowing your vocation is such a, a key to so many things, to discerning God's will for you, you know, Right. Uh, so I, I, you know, I often struggle. Like, what is God's will? You know, what what am I called to do? Um, in the sometimes it's very hard in the little things. You know, in the big things, I can kind of get my hands around it. You know, I think, mm-hmm. at least I feel like I can. You know, and now I'm using my feelings, so that could be bad. But um, <laughs> I'm digging myself into this hole. How do I get out? <laughs> right. But anyway, like your vocation, it does tell and guide you in many, many, many ways. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm a husband and a father. Okay, well, now I know my first job is to be a husband. My second job is to be a father. My third job is to provide for those other things, you know, by working, you know, labor and other things. So many other decisions naturally flow from my vocation to be a husband and a father. And I think your pursuit of perfection is one of those things that, like, well, think about your vocation. What does that mean? You know, what should you be doing? What does your day-to-day life look like? Now, uh, pour yourself into those activities. You know, are you doing them wholeheartedly? Are you committed Mm -hmm. to them? Or do you shirk those things? Do you do them uh, begrudgingly? You know, things like that that can really help get us pointed in the right direction. Right. And I would think, I think that even a lot of moral questions come down to who are you? What is your, what is your status? And you say, pose the question like, is it immoral to buy a yacht and sail, sail across the Pacific Ocean and uh, spend the rest of your life serving people in some Indonesian uh, island? Uh, well, 
No, not on the on the face of it. it doesn't sound like it would be an immoral right. thing. But, but if, if you're abandoning are your you seven abandoning kids, abandoning yeah. your wife and your kids, and yeah, <laughs> like oh, oh, now well, no, that yeah, you that, shouldn't do that. That would be severely immoral, and you might lose your soul. Yeah. In fact, you would very, very, very much imperil your soul. Yes, by doing such a thing like mm-hmm. that. And so, even just asking the question, "Who are you?" Um, which seems is is like the first question about. Uh, you know, when we're, we're saying perfection, what am I? am I? Am I a single person who is still looking for what God is calling me to do? Mm-hmm. That's that's a big factor. Right. Um, am I a hammer or a sponge? Right. <laughs> Great analogies here on the Catholic Man Show. It's good yeah. analogies, right? A yeah. hammer makes a terrible sponge, and a sponge is the worst hammer. Right. So it just doesn't work. You got to know which one you are. Yeah. Well, so it, take, it goes back to vows right like i took a vow to my wife and like you're about to take uh further vows in in becoming a priest Mm -hmm. and so by by making sure that you're you're honoring the vows that you take you're uh, you're loving god uh which ultimately i think perfection comes down to chair you know you you were mentioning a book in between segments you can go check out all of our in between uh segments on our youtube channel but uh, in between segments, we were talking about how ultimately perfection is charity towards God and charity towards others. Right. And there's a book. What was the book? The book is called Spiritual Perfection Through Charity, or the Perfection Man, uh, Perfection of Man Through Charity. And it was by a priest, Father Reginald Buckler, who was uh, instantly the priest who brought Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson, author of Come Rack, Come Rope, and Lord of the World, and and all these great books. He brought him into the church. And I actually read something really cool about Father Buckler that he would assign as his penance. He would assign his penances to the people who came to him for confession. Uh, three Hail Marys for three Protestant clergymen. Hmm. And so he made it like a personal goal of his to win the souls of of particular um, uh, Anglican clergymen that he was praying for. Yeah. And he'd ask his penitents, Without telling them who it was, you know who they were praying for. It's like three hammers <laughs> for uh, for the salvation of three three Anglican clergymen. Mm-hmm. This sort of thing. And there's actually That's some cool. there's some uh, yeah because now you're not only doing penance but you're yeah. growing in charity because yeah. you're doing a penance for specifically for, for someone like a person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some really beautiful and and awesome correspondence between Father Buckler and Saint John Henry Newman too, incidentally. Hmm. Oh, very so. cool. But anyway, it's a good book, and there are a number. There are plenty of other things uh, that one can read like it. So let me ask you a question: Is it possible? You know, because we think, I know, I think many Catholics say, "Well, Mary was perfect, Jesus was perfect, nobody else has ever li- has ever achieved perfection in this life." And I think people would say that, well, because they committed a sin, and if you committed one sin in your life, you're not perfect. But that's not actually true. You, uh, one could be imperfect and then progress. I mean, it's not like you're it always... Goes back to our, our definition. You know, if our definition is um, having done the most good things uh, in your life mm-hmm. or having a tally that uh, of, of stuff that is higher than somebody else, mm-hmm. um, then you would have to say there's only one person in heaven who could even have a shot at being the best or, you know, right, sort of yeah. thing. And then it's an unfair advantage 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because she was magically conceived right, yeah, for she the was, rest of us. And so you're missing the point when you do that, right? Yeah. So is it possible? So we say it's a wholeness and a completion. Is it possible to be perfect in this life, to yeah. attain a state of perfection? Because I think many people of, don't know that the church teaches mm-hmm. that it is, in fact, possible to I achieve perfection. And even just the reality that the saints are those we specifically have revealed to us that they're in heaven. Right? That means that during their lifetime, there were indications, and then after their death, there were indications God's giving them that they went straight to uh, even even some, uh, you know, not even like that they were unaware of it. Mm-hmm. St. Teresa of Avila has some of the most incredible things to say about the highest levels of prayer because she lived them, she experienced them. Mm-hmm. And she says that um, living in the, in the ninth level of prayer, the highest, the spiritual marriage, the transforming union, um, the unity with God is so perfect that death is... She says, as simple as tearing the veil between you and heaven. Hmm. Hmm. Like, there's a certain imperfection always in this life because we haven't yet been fully, totally, absolutely, perfectly united with God. But in all human... Yeah, without the beatific vision. Without the beatific vision, we are not perfected in the the way that we are intended because our ultimate end is God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that being said... We're also not intended in this life to have that perfection. Right. Yeah. God has a specific plan, a perfect plan for you. And, and, it's, and, and it's not to barely get into purgatory. No, it isn't. And no. it's not to uh, like die on a cross to save all of humanity. You know, his plan for you isn't infinitely, uh, you know, it's not like you're expected to have an infinite charity in your soul. He has a specific mm-hmm. amount and for particular people. And for you, yeah, exactly. He calls some people to higher levels of holiness and uh, like outward relationship, like obvious relationship with him in this life. Okay. Um, we should always pursue him as mm-hmm. he is pursuing us, but he will, he just has different paths for us all to walk. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, that's not fair. Like St. Therese, she, she had it easy because God was just like, waterfall, you know, Niagara Falls dumping grace on her like all the time. You know, how is she supposed to not be a saint? Of course she's going to be a saint. But at the same time, if he's Niagara Falls dumping grace on a person, they will be held to a different standard. She suffered much. She suffered much. Because but, that was part of the grace. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, but she's going to be held to much, yeah. you know, to a person who is given much, much is expected of them. So, you know, for her at her judgment, she will not be held to the same account as right. other people who were not given the same opportunities in this life, you know. So, it's not like it's unfair. Mm-hmm. We all need to pursue him. And, yeah, we, and, all, we all need to pursue perfection. By pursuing perfection, we have to increase our prayer life because we, in order to pursue perfection, you have to pursue the love of God and the love of neighbor and to deny yourself for the for others. And the only way to do that is be, to know God's will. And the only way to do that is to is to become one union with Him, and that is to increase your prayer secret, life. And that's the secret of happiness. And that is the mm. secret of happiness. Deacon Healy, thanks so much for hanging out with us this evening. Thank you. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. 
Okay. What was the question again? So Deacon Healy, the last yeah. episode you were on yeah. was about, from the beginning of the episode, we uh, the last episode you did was the principle integral of the integral good. good, which is a confusing topic. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to that. And you'll be more confused, most likely. Maybe. Because <laughs> I muddied the water big time in that episode. Uh, so if a thing has is if it could be called intricately good, if it has intricate goodness, is it perfect? I think the that maybe a better question would be... No. <laughs> if it's perfect, is it intricately good? Oh, if it's perfect, it's intricately good. I think I yeah. think I can definitely say that. I mean, that. the principle of intricately good is simply that, that the good is integral. Mm-hmm. It is whole. It right. Has a, it has a wholeness to it. And so perfection... Means being intricately mm-hmm. good, having that there's a wholeness, there's a completion to it. You don't have deficiencies, you know, things that shouldn't be there that are there, like a nail in your foot, yeah, or that, that, or yeah. things that shouldn't be there, should be that there aren't there, mm-hmm. like blood in your veins. Like it's really not a good way to be alive. Right. I want I want that there. You know. Yeah. So is decaf coffee intricately good? See, I, I told you that that was a good example for perfection. <laughs> we, we, we forgot to bring that up in the oh yeah yeah in the section, but it's like, that's it was cracking me up when you were talking about that. As I thought, in a sense, because of the fact that you're robbing decaf coffee of part of its coffee something something yeah, which is natural. It's not living up to its its fullness and its yeah. It, it's it, not complete. There's something and it's missing. Coffiness, it. right? Coffee. Has in caffeine. some sense, you're just drinking it for the the taste of it. Which Sorry is, for all the people who are dumb. decaf like, lovers, but like you shouldn't coffee, be just a decaf lover. Coffee doesn't even <laughs> taste that good. Like, so what about vegan bacon? Yeah, is it imitation bacon? Mm-hmm. Which comes from an imitation pig, so it's it's participating in the in the fullness. I, of you don't even want to know <laughs> what I think about. <laughs> Dude, people me, people let, who eat vegan bacon are like just uh, deviants that I would compare <laughs> other things to. I will, which I won't. Out of, out of charity. charity, out of charity, <laughs> yes. but it is bad. Okay, and gross. That's all I'm gonna say. If they were doing it for virtue, it'd be a good thing. But they're not. Yeah, as a penance. But or if something. you're doing it just for your looks, but penance. I should don't know. do it for Look, the sake of some virtue. I don't know why give they do it. Real meat for the love of God, and it's a it's a fast. If you're give giving up a meat, meat because you just don't like it, then you're what good is that? It's it's not it's not doing something spiritually for you. It's so. just dumb, and people who do it are dumb. <laughs> and that's dogma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna get a call from the bishop after that. <laughs> I won't. I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to any bishop who wants to talk to me about fake bacon. <laughs> and I haven't endorsed the statement. And the, and the people <laughs> and the people who eat it. I mean, uh, just saying there are some reprobate in the world. Okay, there are. They do exist. But there's still hope for them. There is hope for them. I'm so not don't saying. Give up hope on I'm them. not saying it's hopeless. I'm just like, out of charity, you know, uh, rebuking them and saying that you are gross. You're, so you're a gross you're doing person. A spiritual. Work immersive, yes, but, I am yeah. by 
by admonishing the sinner. Admonishing them, calling them out of their hideous, hideousness, <laughs> inward and outward. I don't even want to look at them. I can't, I can't do it. My pure eyes so, would be defiled. So uh, Aquinas has a lot to say about perfection. He does. He, in, in question 184, he has eight articles. Almost too perfect. much to say. Like, uh, uh, I mean, when, when we were talking about, when Deacon Healy and I were talking about this, I was thinking like, man, we could make, just one of these articles, a whole show. He does this thing where he's like, he, and he I, think can be, ha- I think it'd be said to be perfect in three ways. The first way is this. Yeah. And in that, I mean, it is one of five things. <laughs> <laughs> one. <laughs> and then yeah. I like go to the second one and it's like, yeah, and this yeah. can be, can one, be divided one into a, 12 one B, categories. One C, one D, one right. E. Two like, A. Like this is more than three things, right. Tommy boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, but he normally does not have eight articles on one topic. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, so I think it's uh, he goes into a lot about the religious. I think that was kind of interesting. Where you know mm-hmm. he, the last article he even talks about whether parish priests and archdeacons are more perfect than religious, which is very interesting. What does he say? Does he say no? Uh, I, I don't remember what he says. I don't remember. I'm what guessing he, says, he says no. I think because of the charity that is involved. Hmm. Okay. I don't know that. See, I would I would guess I that I don't because the religious holy, well, there's three things holy devote themselves. Does he say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I told you. It's what he does. Yeah. He says uh, their state, their order, and their office. Yeah, belongs to their state that they are seculars, to their order that they are priests or deacons, to their office that they have the care of souls. Doesn't yeah. he say that the religious the religious state is the if we compare these with the, the highest the religious state is perfection? Yeah, right. the office. Of care for souls is higher than just okay. care of one's own soul. Okay, and the uh, and the I'm down at that. The uh, what was the middle one? Arch. Oh no no the, no, no! the state, uh, the something, and the office. The state. Uh, this is oh wait, we gotta go over here. Sorry, I close. I close. It was like up. religious, secular, mm-hmm. and then office. Religious, their state, order, their, the order, state, their, their order, office. and their order. office. So the priesthood, uh, the the order of the priesthood mm-hmm. is higher perfection because it's a deeper unity with Christ. Yeah, but religious would have but all the, of that the, the same order with you know between a priest. If, the, if there's a if no a deacon, a, a deacon priest, and a priest have a different order, religious. but well, and there's some religious that take different vows than a secular priest. Though, though. A priest or, whether someone is a cleric or right, lady, or, or, that's what's being compared. A secular there. priest, though, has the same order <coughs> as a religious priest. Mm-hmm. But well, not all religious are priests, also. So I guess that's right. probably what he's distinguishing. Yeah, he's just asking the question because he was a seminary professor. And, right. And, well, and, and he's and writing this is, for beginners. It's a question guys. For, for that, that comes up. And so people say, so is it more perfect to do this or that? Objectively speaking, there's these different things, but it's more perfect to do that which God wills than to do that which God does not will. And so, mm-hmm. if God wills you to be a priest to strive for uh, for a married life is is not the perfection that you're being called to. And mm-hmm. It's not going to be where you have the most charity. But if you're if you're called to marriage and you're striving for the priesthood, um, you'll find that. You're not doing it with great charity because God's not. You know, it's one of those things about discernment of the vocations. Like, where do I feel called the most to love someone? Mm-hmm. 
what's the cross I desire to carry the most? Uh, if you just look at what, what where do I feel I'm gonna I'm gonna be the most fulfilled and have the most like warm fuzzy feelings, and then because those fade, they fade, and they just they're they're just not substantial. Word, word, awesome. I thought, that I, thought was good. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was Me fun. Too. I thought so. I enjoyed it. All right, one. But I, I enjoy every every time that we have a chance to talk. So that's yeah, fun. Shut it down. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely.